0: This is the Bible in one year, day one. New Year's Resolutions I belong to a squash club, which is also a gym. Each year on the 1st of January, they bring in extra gym equipment. The place is packed out. By about the 7th of January, they move out all the extra equipment, as most people have given up their New Year's resolution, and the club returns to normal. Get fit. Lose weight. Reduce drinking. Stop smoking. Stop smoking. Get out of debt. There's nothing wrong with making these common New Year's resolutions. Of course, all of us make resolutions that we fail to keep. The good news is that each year is an opportunity for a fresh start. But then so is each week. Every Sunday is the first day of the week, a new beginning. Actually, every day is an opportunity for a new beginning. The first three words in the Bible are, In the beginning. Each of the passages for today tell us something about new beginnings and new opportunities and suggest some possible New Year's resolutions. Psalm
1: 1 Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Delight in the
0: Bible. If you're beginning the challenge to read the Bible in one year, this psalm has encouraging words for you. The promise is that if you delight in God's word and meditate on scripture day and night, your life will be blessed. Happiness comes from what happens to you. Blessing is what happens to you through knowing God and meditating on his words. God promises you fruitfulness, vitality, and prosperity. They're not necessarily material prosperity. This message is backed up by a glance across at the ultimate fate of the wicked. The psalmist doesn't try to pretend that the wicked don't sometimes prosper. He simply reminds us of the transitory nature of their prosperity. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. They will perish. The key to lasting and ultimately eternal fruitfulness and vitality lies in your relationship with God. As you seek to follow the way of the righteous, you are assured that the Lord himself will watch over you. Lord, thank you for your wonderful promises as I resolve to make a regular habit of delighting in your word and meditating on it. New Testament, Matthew 1
1: This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez, the father of Hezron. Hezron, the father of Ram. Ram, the father of Aminadab. Aminadab, the father of Nashon. Nashon, the father of Salmon. Salmon, the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asa. Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Jehoram. Jehoram, the father of Azia. Aziah the father of Jophem. Jophem, the father of Ahaz. Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh. Manasseh, the father of Amon, Amon, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers, at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abihud, Abihud the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok, the father of Achim, Achim, the father of Elihud, Elihud, the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Maffan, Maffan, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus, there were fourteen generations in all from Abraham to David. 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace,
0: On Jesus. Resolve to focus your life on Jesus. The Bible is all about Jesus. The New Testament opens with his family tree. As we read the list of Jesus' ancestors, it's encouraging to see that they include Tamar, the adulteress, Rahab the prostitute, Ruth, the non Jewish Merbite, Solomon, who was conceived after King David's adulterous affair with Bathsheba as well as many others. Thankfully, God uses sinful human beings and therefore can use us. Whatever your past, however broken your life may seem right now, God can use you to do something great with your life. The very name Jesus means he will save his people from their sins. Every time we use the name Jesus, it reminds us that our greatest need is not for happiness or contentment, Although these may be byproducts, our greatest need, as with Jesus' ancestors, is for forgiveness. Therefore, we need a Savior. The beginning of Matthew shows us that Jesus is the completion of all that is recorded in the Old Testament. First, Jesus is the climax of history. Matthew opens his Gospel by summarizing the Old Testament story in terms of Jesus' ancestry. The Old Testament tells the story that Jesus completes. Matthew sets out the history of the people of God in terms of three equal periods, 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile, and 14 from the exile to Christ. In the genealogy, biological generations are skipped over, as is quite common in Old Testament family trees. Matthew was pointing out that Old Testament history falls into three approximately equal spans of time between crucial events. Jesus is the end of the line as far as the old testament story goes the climax has been reached second in jesus all the promises of god are fulfilled jesus is not only the completion of the old testament story at a historical level he's also the fulfillment of the old testament prophecies and all of god's promises matthew concludes each of five scenes from the conception birth and early childhood of Jesus by quoting the Hebrew Scriptures that have been fulfilled by the events described. The first one is the fulfillment in the conception of Jesus. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. All of history, prophecy and promise is completed in Jesus. Your whole life is completed in Jesus. Every part of your life, your work, family, relationships, friends, memories and dreams are completed in Jesus. Lord, thank you for this promise for the new year that in Jesus you are with me. Help me to focus my life on you in the year ahead. Old Testament, Genesis 1 and 2.
1: and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And God said, Let there be a vault between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it, and it was so. God called the vault sky, and there was evening, and there was morning. The second day. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land, and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land produce vegetation seed-bearing plants, and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it, according to their various kinds. And it was so. The land produced vegetation, plants bearing seed according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the third day. And God said, Let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate the day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth, across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living thing with which the water teems, and that moves about in it according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, the livestock, the creatures that move along the ground, and the wild animals, each according to its kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness Genesis chapter 2 Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. The Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush, The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Ashur, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die.
0: Enjoy God's creation. You are not here by chance. This universe is God's creation. You are made in His image. Genesis gives an account of the beginning of the universe. It goes way beyond the scientific theories of how and when. It answers the questions of who and why. Scientific theories do not prove or disprove this explanation. Rather, they're complementary. Reading this passage through the lens of the New Testament, we see the whole Trinity involved in creation. The Hebrew noun for God, Elohim, is a plural noun. The Holy Spirit was involved in creation. It was through Jesus that creation came into being, and God said, Jesus is God's word, and through him the universe was created. In the midst of this account of the creation, there is an amazing throwaway line showing the immense power of God. He made the stars also. We now know there are probably between a hundred and four hundred billion stars in our galaxy alone. And our galaxy is but one of around a hundred billion galaxies. He made them all just like that. The pinnacle of his creation was human beings. You are made in the image of God. If you want to know what God is like, It is men and women together, male and female, who reflect his image. Every human being is created in his image and should be treated with dignity, respect and love. Your ability to communicate with God is a reflection of the fact that you are made in his image. God approves of all that he created. He said, it is good. Many people feel worthless, insecure, and of no value. But God did not create rubbish. God created you. He loves you and approves of you. He may not approve of everything you do, but he loves you unconditionally, wholeheartedly, and continually. We see in this passage that work is a blessing. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Work is part of God's good creation, not a result of the fall. This passage also reminds us that taking care of the environment is right at the heart of God's plan for human beings. Rest is not an optional extra. It's what God did. He rested. These days of rest, days off, holidays, are days of special blessing. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Holidays are holy days. They point to the fact that life is primarily about being rather than doing. Don't feel guilty about taking time off. Holidays are good in themselves. They're also a time to recharge spiritually. Don't work too hard. God took time to rest and enjoy what he made. You're not supposed to work constantly. You're created with a need for relaxation and rest. Take the time to enjoy your work and the fruit of your work. In Genesis two sixteen and 17, we see that God gave to Adam and Eve A far-reaching permission. You're free to eat from any tree in the garden. And one prohibition. You must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He warned them of the penalty. If they disobeyed, when you eat of it, you will surely die. You don't need to know and experience evil. God wants you to know only good. Lord, thank you for this universe that you've made. Help me to keep well away from evil and to enjoy all the good things you've given us to enjoy. Pippa adds. In Matthew 1, verse 18, we see how difficult it must have been for Mary, her parents, and Joseph. They must have felt embarrassed and ashamed. We see why Joseph had been chosen as Mary's husband. He was very impressive. The girl he was about to marry was pregnant. He would have been justified in being furious. Yet he didn't want to humiliate her and had planned to divorce her quietly. We see how he acts after the angel appeared in a dream and told him to marry Mary. It must have taken great faith to put aside what people thought and to raise a child that was not his own.